back to this It's time for the 5-Minute Major Podcast. What is the uh, significance of that name? Now here's your hosts, Matt Mastro-Giovanni and Dave Morris. That's what the people came to see. A 5-Minute Major Podcast. What took you so long to finally seal the deal, my man? Let's go. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of 5 Minute Major. Dave here, as always, with my broadcast partner in crime, Matt Master Giovanni. Matt, how's it going this evening? Um, uh, it's going. <laughs> not much Not much going on. Um, you know, we're in the midst of the holiday season. The first night of Hanukkah is tomorrow. Yes, it and, is. You know, I'm not sure to be, you know... To be inclusive here, I'm not sure when Kwanzaa starts. Obviously, we know Christmas. Uh, December twenty sixth, I believe, is the first day of Kwanzaa. Gotcha. I learned so, that because I was just looking at my Apple calendar before we hopped on Skype. There you go. So inclusivity, um, you know. But regardless, we're in the midst of the holiday season, and yeah, that's pretty much all I got. You know, haven't really done anything too noteworthy as of late since I got back from Sweden. So. You know, taking it one day at a time. Yeah, that's all we can do. That's all we can do. That's all the Flyers are doing right now. Um, the past couple of games have been really nothing. I feel like as every every Flyers fan sh- is, should be in a pretty good mood as of right now. Um, I mean, we have to do we have to do, a, do have to address the elephant in the room and being that loss last Thursday evening when we were last recording. With yeah. you guys, the Flyers did tie the game up against the Devils late, like in the last minute on the power play. Yeah. Um, but then they lost promptly as soon as our time started. The the Hughes brothers on on a two on one. Yeah. Um. So a four three overtime loss. Uh, no extra discipline was made of Garnet Hathaway. Um, the refs completely got that play wrong. Um, and Brennan Smith actually did earn himself the defenseman of the New Jersey Devils did earn himself a two-game suspension for his slash on Travis Konechny. Mm. The refs only called for a two-minute minor. That should have been a five-minute major and was not. Um, but he did get the two the two-minute Peros ban out of it. You can we can't we, we can no longer say Shanahan since Brandon Shanahan's out as leader of, of Department of Player Safety. But he did get the two-game Peros ban, which I believe he has already promptly served. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we can head into the weekend action in which we got the first taste of the Battle of Pennsylvania, I believe, this season, Matt. Yep. And a home-and-home home against the dreaded, hated Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm-hmm. And the Flyers come out with two wins in extra minutes. A 4-3 to three shootout victory Saturday evening in Pittsburgh. And then a 2-1 overtime win uh, this, this past Monday evening. In South Philadelphia at the Wells Fargo Center, a game in a game in which the Flyers came from behind in both games to win. Excellent performances from Carter Hart and Sam Erickson, respectively, in net. Mm. And all in all, the Flyers' current stars outperforming the Penguins. Yeah, I mean, as I usually say, you know, you love to see it. Um, going back to last week's game against the Devils, um, 
the Flyers, obviously, you know, they made it exciting, which is good. Like we've said, you know, they don't have to be the best team in the league. They just have to be entertaining. And that was an entertaining game. Uh, they were down 3-2 um, in the third period. Uh, they come back. Scott Lawton shoots a puck from the point. Tyson Forster gets a stick on it um, and gets through the Devils goalie. Um, Schmied, yeah. Yes, um, And then, yeah, goes to overtime. And then not even like a minute into overtime, I think Couturier turned it over. And um, it's it was Luke Hughes, correct? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, he goes Luke down. Hughes scored well, off of off of the assist from his brother. Yeah, so both the Hughes brothers go down in the two on one. Obviously, you know, great pass. Uh, Sam Harrison get can't get to it, and the Devils. Or no, that was Carter Hart. It was Carter Hart. Yeah, yep. Hart can't can't get to it. I can't talk tonight. Um, and the Devils win that one. Like you said, pretty promptly in overtime. So that was kind of a turn the game off as quickly as possible type of moment. Um, but it was very hype in the moment when they tied it up. Like, both oh, of us were texting. Awesome. Like, yeah. the, I yelled, and I believe you told me you jumped up off the couch. Yeah. The, they reeled us back I, in, damn it. Yeah. I mean, I was going to watch the game regardless, like I said. But, you know, I was. it was exciting. They come back. They get the, you know, they get at least one point out of it, which is good. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's always, you know, it's not fun losing in overtime regardless but anyway we move on to saturday night in pittsburgh like you said the first installment of this season's battle of pennsylvania the flyers again are down by a goal uh they come back and they i believe uh i think lawton had a shorthanded goal and then Tippett had a nice backhander um and then i think well scored forget Um, i can pull it up for you but it was scoreless after one yeah then the second period Chris Letang scores for Pittsburgh, followed up by Owen Tippett. Yep. In the third period, Jake Gensel scored to give Pittsburgh an early 2-1 to one lead. Then Lawton tied it up. Oh, yeah. Penguins tied it with 20 seconds left in the third period. Yep. yep. Then Forster scored to make it 3-2 Flyers. And then Gensel tied it up in the last minute of play. Yeah. Um, but, hey, I mean, you know, the Flyers, they have that resiliency. And, you know, they take the game to a shootout. And they win in a shootout, which, you know. Doesn't happen often for the Flyers. Coots has found his new move. It's worked several times this year. Yeah. Um, but, you know, um, the one thing that I think, obviously, you know, was the one of the many positives out of that game was the post-game press conference from Torts. Um, we've got balls. We've got balls. I mean, that's the core of the season so far, and, you know, I love that. Um, the Wells Fargo Center has printed the shirts. Yeah. I might they buy only it. go up to 2XL, which is very disappointing because that needs to be in some fluffy, friendly size. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that's like, again, something that we haven't heard from the, a Flyers coach, let alone a Flyers, about a Flyers team in way too long where, mm-hmm. you know, I'm paraphrasing some of it, but again, he goes, you know, we got balls. We're not afraid to, you know, um, just, you know, battle back keep our kind of keep our heading so to speak and play our game um and again you know i swear it always happens like that too when the flyers play in pittsburgh and they have a lead the penguins get down into our zone in the last minute of the game they end up tying it and then they either win you know right away in ot or obviously they win in a shootout so it's like having that happen but then having this flyers team again they they you know they get through overtime they go to the shootout Couturier scores. Um, I think he was the only one that scored. Um, Correct. For both teams, obviously. But, 
you know, Sam Harrison shuts the door on the Penguins and wins the game. I mean, that's a, you know, a ballsy win. Um, and Torres is right again. You know, this team's got balls. We've seen Flyers teams you know, in the past few years. They you're down by a goal and it looks like they, you know, they give up because they don't have that motivation or that drive or that, you know, they don't have those balls to um, to battle back and to, you know, try to win a game. So I think that's obviously, you know, that's the core of the season so far. I might have to get myself a shirt because I think I, I think I said to myself, I was like, honestly, if they made a shirt about this, that'd be sick. Um, and, <laughs> you know, man, manifest destiny. Here we go. Um, but and then again, on Monday. Yeah. Um, I was boots on the ground at the game at the Wells Fargo Center. Took a hell uh, of a shot on your Instagram story. Oh, yeah. The iPhone 15 Pro, dude. Dude, that's that's where that that is. That's wallpaper worthy, potentially. Yeah. Um, I'll send you a couple, a couple of uh, shots that I took, but oh, oh, there you go. I don't mean to sound un-American here, but I'm a big fan of taking pictures during the national anthem, especially because um, they have like the American flag on, like on the ice and then on the scoreboard. So I got some cool shots of that quick. Um, but anyway, another great game. The Flyers obviously they go down early. Um, they come back and tie it. They, I mean, it was a great game both ways. The Penguins had their chances. The Flyers had their chances. Um, just, you know, a fire wagon hockey of an overtime. And then the Flyers get – it was it was off a defensive zone draw. And uh, the puck goes out in the neutral zone. And then Konechny and Couturier go down 2-1-1. Uh, Konechny goes over the – like, you know, cross ice to Couturier. He scores. I jumped out of my seat. I was, you know – Oh, I was hyped. I was like, let's go. Like, I was so, hyped on the couch at yeah. home. Um, the whole ride home, I was jumping around to Christmas music. Um, so, you know, it was, the vibes were, the vibes were rolling on Monday night. Um, you know, and it's once again, for now, it is once again fun to attend Flyers games in person. Um, there were some dark days last season, especially as, uh, I've said before with the, uh, the Rangers game after the trade deadline, and then the Bruins game when they um, they set the single season wins record, and then they choked in the playoffs. Suck on it, Boston. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there was you know some dark days last season in the Wells Fargo Center. Not just when I was there as a fan. I don't know. Were you at any games last year? Dave? Yeah, I went to a couple last year and gotcha. not did not see a whole lot of wins. Yeah, um, I will say one thing. And, like, I know I'm nitpicking here, and maybe it's because, again, I'm old school at this point, but it's, like, the op- like these opening montages for the, fl- like, for the Flyers have to be better. Um, you know, it's cool that they still come out to Metallica, but, like, I-, I don't need to see Gritty skating around the ice when they project fire onto it. And, you know, well, they have a mascot now, so that's what they do. I understand. But it like, all right, you know, I can live with that. But like for this, like for the montage music, for the opening music, like, you know. Give it some oomph, like. Or at least just turn the volume up, because like I'm not we're not in a library. We're in the Wells Fargo Center, first of all. And this is a Philadelphia sports arena. We're Philly fans. We like to get loud. We like to get rowdy. I don't need the volume at four on the music because, you know, oh, I might hurt my hearing. I want to leave that arena with my ears ringing because it's been so loud (laughs) in there for, you know, 60 plus minutes of hockey. And, you know, 
like I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't get like it doesn't get me going where it's like, oh, like you can barely hear the music. It's great. They shoot fire out of the scoreboard. That's cool every time. But better choices of music, in my opinion. And, you know, if the Flyers want to, you know, shoot me an email, give me a call. I got a whole plethora of music that I could recommend and be like, hey, cut uh, cut an intro to this song or that song or whatever song and, you know, crank the volume to 11. Then you'll get, you know, and go bucks. back to and go back you'll to Brohem bro goal song. Yeah, but I'm not even about the goal song either. It's like, again. You're getting everyone hype, and you're setting the mood for the game itself. And you're coming at me with, you know, the volume's at four, and, you know, you're showing me, like, an animation of a puck, and then it's gritty skating around in a circle, like, you know, raising his arms up, like, trying to pump the crowd up. And it's like, all right, this isn't really doing much for me. Like, And then, the, you know, they kind of amp it up when, you know, they, they come out to Metallica, Lou Nolan get, does his whole thing. But the the intros, I need I need some more, you know. I need balls from the intros, too. Need like, some more gumption. Yeah. Um, you know. But that's my little spiel about the game. Other than that, it was great to be there. They had some nice holiday decorations going. Um, they do the Trans-Siberian Holiday Orchestra introduction? Uh, no. If they would have, it would have been hype. Dude, um, why? It's December 6th now. Well, at the time, it was December 1st, I believe. I think they used to do it like you know first first game of December like at home they used to just say you know screw it let's roll it like that is also a god tier Flyers opening video to Trans Siberian Orchestra. Um, I think I don't know if they're only gonna do it once. I think the holiday game is against the Predators on the twenty first. Um, maybe they'll do it. You know, I know they're obviously away the next three games, but. Um, Maybe they gotta break it out at some point. The first home game back, like that's too good of a intro to waste on one night. Again, immaculate vibes. Yeah, you had yeah. If if that was played, you need the vi- You need better vibes. Like the vibes are good, but you know you can do so much better. So that's my little spiel about the arena. You know, it's great they spent you know a hundred million dollars or whatever they did to keep the Sixers there, pretty much. Um, Woo! Yeah, like again, Trust I don't. Impressive. I don't care that I can have a four-star meal at the Wells Fargo Center. Just give no. me a Miller Light and crab fries. And I'm no, fine. give give me a Labatt Blue. Yeah, and a Flyers the, game. I had to break the news to my friend who I was there with, and I was like, they don't have Labatt anymore. So sacrilege, absolute sacrilege. Yeah, um, but again, you know, nothing. Nothing. I don't mind a nice butter Miller latte, but when I'm at a hockey game, I want a goddamn Labatt. Yeah, or a Molson. Yeah, I don't know if Molson's not a sponsor for the Flyers though. No, it's not. Normally, it would be Labatt. Yeah, Labatt still makes the Flyers cans for both Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. So, don't know stuff. what up with that, Aramark and Wells Fargo Center. Something. Yeah, we'll have to reach out for comment to Aramark and be like, "Why have you stopped giving us Labatt Blue at Flyers games?" Also, only having Delco stakes in the arena for one year. Also, bad call. Should have kept them as a current vendor. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But again, you know, we can nitpick again. I'm more worried about, like we've said before, I'm more worried about what's on the ice as opposed yes. to what's going on going on around me in the arena. However, again, you know, you know, get the people going. Like, 
there's so many now that you have you know the we got balls quote you got all these you got some good highlights already this season you know cut together a montage of just goals like goals and hits that type of stuff you know what the fans want to see pretty much fights the rough stuff all that type of stuff put it to some you know acdc or just you know some dramatic like they used to do just like even more like dramatic like orchestral music like you know but don't keep the volume at two like blow my eardrums out i don't care <laughs> so but anyway it was a good game back to the actual game again the flyers won in overtime i'm rambling but you know it's nice to be it's it's fun right now like we said dave where you can live with the loss against the Devils in OT. You know, they have a great home-and-home home against the Penguins. And then the next game, I believe, is tomorrow night yes. in Arizona against the Yotes. At 9 o'clock in a Mullet Arena. Oof. But going going back to this win on my night against the, the Penguins, what impressed me the most was that overtime-winning goal was set up by Sanheim. Yep. When they were getting ready for the faceoff, Sanheim... And this is all recorded because I believe Sanheim and Travis uh, Konechny both told the media this. Sanheim went to TK and said, hey, listen, that's Jake Gensel. If Coots, if we win this draw and Coots gets me the puck, I'm going to rim it around the boards. You can beat him, and then you have a two-on-one with Coots. And that's exactly what they did. And Travis Sanheim, as of late, I know last podcast we kind of called out Sanheim and Lawton, a couple other players who've been disappearing for a little bit. They made a resurgence. Lawton's been Lawton was great in this home and home. Sanheim was back to his early season form. I feel as though becoming that number one defenseman again that he's looked like this season. Mm-hmm. So all in all, a lot of good things. Ristolainen's back in the lineup. Sean Walker. Sean Walker continues to be an excellent player. Morgan Frost getting some good ice time. Brink getting good ice time. You know, right now, the Flyers, like like, like, like we said, they're fun. Mm-hmm. They're watchable. And for the most part, they're winning. And I know Tuesday and, and Monday evening on Flyers Twitter, um, there was a lot of negative Nancys. The people who were going like, ah, well, they still need to suck the rebuild, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I get it. I understand where you're coming from, but the Flyers do have some nice pieces that could eventually, if they're developed properly, could become elite level talent. And you know what? Broods, uh, not, not it, it brews um, growth and productivity is winning. Breeds. Breeds. Yes. Produces. Yes. Produces elite level talent and a culture is winning. Mm-hmm. And they're doing that. And it's not because they're winning because they the Flyers went out and signed a whole bunch of aging veterans and they're having their aging veterans overperform. These are the Flyers' young core, albeit except Couturier, who's come back and is looking like normal coots, like he hasn't yeah. missed a beat at all. This is a relatively young Flyers core that's carrying the mail. They're doing their job and they're carrying the hockey team and they're getting excellent goaltending. So w- would it be nice, ideally, to potentially pick again top five this year and, g- and get another franchise elite level talent in the draft? Sure, it would be. But also would be nice and fun winning some hockey games and growing this culture to a place where the Flyers are going to be good for a long time. And I think right now they're headed down that path. And I'm again starting to become cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. 
because you know we could give it one week from now and next week's podcast could the shoe could drop you know um but right now enjoy it like no one likes being miserable all the time i i know i personally don't you know i want to enjoy watching this hockey team i want to enjoy coming on this podcast and talking about how the flyers have been good and how i've been having fun you know because that's the point yeah even though matt we started this podcast all these years ago to to rant and vent about terrible dave hackstall led hockey teams we did it because we cared and i feel like just kind of like the flyers i know i personally myself and you even touched this a couple weeks ago or even just last week you you got in the motion it was like you know what i gotta watch the flyers they're gonna suck it's not gonna be fun but i've got the pod coming up and i don't want to sound like an idiot on the podcast yeah, and I'm fully. I, you know, I'll admit I was there with you, and it's truly enjoyable to be coming back now, looking forward to watching the Flyers, mm-hmm. and then looking forward to coming on doing the podcast with you because we have actually something good and fun and exciting to talk about. And not about you, but I like this a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was gonna say too, like back to the whole, you know, like not tanking thing, but just the whole, um trying to get the high draft pick and all that type of stuff. It's like, you look what it did for was, the Sixers. They, they trusted the process and deliberately well, that, and sucked. I, and now they're, yeah. they're a joke. <laughs> but I mean, you look at, I mean, you go to the NHL and you look at a team like the Oilers, they had four first overall picks in the span of what? Seven years. Yep. And they've made it to the, they made it to the conference final once in the past 16 years. And they got swept. Like and then and they're when the they're wasting the best player, arguably the two best players in the league and in the world, and they're wasting you know their, these their, guys' talent, talent and their you know their youth, all that type of stuff. So it's like there's more than one way to get to be a contender again, where you know you have to have that right mix, so to speak. But just because you know you're getting a first overall draft pick, you know x amount of years in a certain amount of time doesn't mean, you know, you're going to... doesn't equal uh, winning right off, right away. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, too, but, like, you look at team like, I know we just beat them twice, but it's like you look at a team like the Penguins, like, you know, they obviously got Crosby. They, you know, that's a whole different story. But it's like they have had, for as long as we can remember up until, you know, recent years with them kind of going on the downhill a little bit, they just had a really good farm, like farm system, where you know they drafted guys that were not you know quote unquote household names, but then you know you see a guy like Jake Gensel or you know Tristan Jari. Obviously, you know Matt Murray was a little bit of a flash in the pan situation, but you know they've had talent kind of just get developed over the years that they've drafted and you know traded for that type of stuff. They haven't been, you know, constantly in the top 10 of the draft or anything like that. So you look at, you know, not every team has to suck to to get better. Like, you know, it's just I mean, the, the Penguins definitely did. Cause they, yeah, I mean, I mean they, they had Flurry, then they had Jordan Stahl, and then they had Ryan Whitney, and then they had Balkan and Crosby, and then they yeah. used some of those too, pieces like to get example, assets like, back. But, yeah. like, they besides that, like, they didn't really draft. After they got Crosby and Malkin, they didn't draft any more high-end, elite-level talent high in the draft. Yeah. So, 
Well, I'm just trying to compare it. Like, again, like you said, the Sixers, you know, obviously did their thing. Um, the Phillies, eh, baseball's different because you can obviously have, you know, guys on $500 million contracts instead of, you know, you don't have to – you only have to pay a did, Didn't tax. some MLB team just sign a player who's never played in the professional league in, in the MLB to like an eight-year, $60 million contract and he's never even come over to North America yet? I think been, uh, I think Japanese players. No, I think I think it was. Or is he like his like? I think he was Hispanic. I don't know. Latino. I haven't looked at that, but but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of examples. It's insane. Base, baseball yeah. drafting is crazy. Baseball drafting and baseball contracts. Same thing with football are just insane. Because um, you you know you can't pay a guy. I mean, you could, but you would just be in salary cap hell. You can't pay a dude. You know, a hundred million dollars. So, um, I mean, the, 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 the NHL does have with their hard cap, they do have minimum and maximum deals for rookies. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like, like I was just trying to say, there's more than one way to get to where, you know, the flyers can more be than one way to skin a cow. Exactly. As a Stanley cup contender, or they can get back in the playoffs. So, you know, it doesn't have to be, Oh, we have to tank or, Oh, we have to, you know, trade everyone away. Like, we made some we made some moves this offseason and again they've fully given the reins to the kids so to speak and they have you know some veteran talent here as well but also again we're in the third month of you know a very a, long season <laughs> a, well a very long season but also a very long process yes there this isn't something that's going to happen in you know a year or two years even maybe not three but like you know again we have – I just started playing Red Dead 2 again, and it makes me think of Dutch from the, – who's the head of the gang, and, and his, like, signature phrase is, I have a plan. Like, that's basically, you know, what's what there is with the Flyers now, with Danny B, Keith Jones, you know, the new, the new guard, so to speak, where it's like, we have a plan. And, you know, that plan is not going to happen in a month and a half. So, you know – we're again. We we look at things that are right in our face at this point with the Flyers, and you know we we go one by one, so to speak. Um, but Dave, looking ahead here, quick before we start to wrap things up with the Flyers um, and move on to some quick around the league stuff, we also have obviously um, a little bit of a fun conversation that you brought up as well. Uh, just wanted to look at their schedule here, quick. The next couple of games. Uh, so obviously, like we said, they play tomorrow night in Arizona at nine o'clock. We have a Saturday night hockey game, which is good, um, at Colorado at 9 o'clock at night. It's a big and, test game. Yeah. Um, and then the Flyers are in Nashville on Tuesday the 12th, uh, 8 o'clock, and then they come home on Thursday the 14th against the Washington Capitals. Uh, we'll probably record in between that 12th and 14th game. Um, well, actually, the 13th, I have my company Christmas party, so we will discuss the podcast schedule after we record this evening. Sounds good to me. But anyway, as we do, you know, each week we'll recap the games that went by before we record again, just to get everyone up to speed. Uh, Dave, the one thing I was going to say, too, before we go into your topic of the night, uh, some fun stuff, too. The Flyers did announce their uh, alumni game roster for yes. the alumni game on the, I believe it's January 26th. Yes. Um, Against Flyers. Boston. 
Yep, the Flyers alumni is going to play the Bruins alumni as uh, as part of the Hall of Fame weekend, which will lead up to the induction of Mark Recchi into the Flyers Hall of Fame on Saturday, January 27th. Um, we've already given you our thoughts on what we think about Mark Recchi being inducted into the Flyers Hall of Fame. Yes. <laughs> Not thrilled. But anyway, um, where's this picture? Actually, one of my someone sent it to me today, so I'm just going to read from it. Um so, it was announced this morning the roster of players that will be playing for the Flyers alumni. I'll run through these quick, and obviously there's some cool names on here, some big names, and, you know, just, well, I'll run through these names, Dave, and you can just give your thoughts quick. So, starting with our goaltenders, we have number 33, Brian Boucher, obviously the one of the current commentators for the Flyers on MT Sports Philadelphia. Then we have goaltender Robert Esch, heard of him. On defense, we have Mark Howe, heard of him as well, Brad Marsh, Joe Watson, Daryl Stanley, Dennis Seidenberg, and one Kimo Timonen. Dennis Seidenberg? That's a yeah. flash from the past. Um, Kimo Timonen, again, you know, the one of the best Flyers defensemen, I'd say, of all time. Um, I, I would agree with you there. Definitely, you know, excited to see him come back. Uh, you have the man of the weekend, so to speak, for the Flyers, Mark Recchi on at forward, Patrick Sharp coming back, John LeClaire, Brent Fed, I think it's Fedick, F-E-D-Y-K. Yeah, sorry, Brent, if I pronounced your last name incorrectly. I know the feeling as well. Uh, we have former Flyers captain Mike Richards, Scott Hartnell, Dave Brown, Mike Knubel, Todd Fedoruk, Riley Cote, Big Donald Brashear and Dave, your man on your arm. Uh, yes, indeed. Big E, number 88, Eric Lindros. So we have quite the roster for the Flyers alumni. I think there will obviously be some big names for the Bruins as well. The Flyers and the Bruins, you know, two of the two of the more historic teams, obviously the Bruins being an original six team, but the Flyers being, you know, one of those by proxy original six teams as well when they came into the expansion draft in 1967. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of history between both these teams, respectively, whether it's, you know, head to head or just in their, you know, respective team histories as well. So, uh, you know, Dave, any anything you're excited to see here? Obviously, I mean, I'm sure these are guys, some of these guys, have, you know, we watched growing up. Legends. So, um, it'll be cool to see them you know don the orange and black once again uh we probably let's see we were at the last alumni game that's the only we were. one been recently yes and that so. was barely marketed yeah. by the flyers and they're doing a much better job marketing this one and i just i just looked at the calendar real quick january 26th is a friday night Ooh. might might have to make the trip down might be a back-to-back trip for a friday for afternoon Saturday. game yeah, yeah. I, think, so. I think it's a 12.30 start time on January 27th. It is indeed. It's a 12.30 p.m. puck drop. On Saturday? Oh yeah, it's probably God. because of the pregame ceremony. So it's probably yeah. starting closer to 1 o'clock as per usual, but they're saying 12.30 for the half an hour long ceremony. This says fans should keep an eye out for additions to the lineup ahead of the special event already. So I wonder if they'll add more people. Mm, interesting. We're going to have to keep an eye on that. Um, we'll have two-thirds of the Legion of Doom. Obviously, Eric Lindros and John LeClaire just missing Mikhail Renberg. 
Um, mm-hmm. And then Mark Howe, Eric Lindros, and Mark Reckie are all NHL Hall of Famers, too. Um, and then we'll have the reunion of the Crazy Eights line uh, for nearly, for the first time in nearly 30 years, former Flyer forwards Brent, I think it's Fedek, Faduk, something like that. Sorry again, Brent. Uh, Eric Lindros and Mark Reckie will reunite as the, uh, the infamous Crazy Eights line. So, you know. It's a lot to look forward here for the Flyers in this alumni game. The Bruins, again, I don't know if they released their roster yet, but, you know, they'll have some names as well. So this will be a lot of fun. Um, I would assume and, Big Z and Patrice Bergeron are probably going to play in it. I wonder if you think Bobby Orr is too old. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's too old. He's too old. Think Bruins alumni. Bruins. Miroslav Shatan, maybe? Miroslav Shatan, maybe Timmy Thomas. Oh, God. Tuka Rask. <laughs> um Daniel Paye. Um I'm trying to think of a couple other players. David Krejci. David Krejci. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else was on the 2011 team that won the cup. Um Sean Thornton. Yeah. There's a couple. Uh Chris Kelly. Okay. I'm trying to think who else. I'm I'm at the end of my rope on that one. Yeah, there, there's one player who I can picture. I can picture what he looked like in my head. He was a winger. He shot righty. He's not currently in the league anymore. He's he's an alumni. I'm blanking. It's gonna bother me, but I'm blanking. <sighs> not crazy, right? It's not crazy. No, he was a winger. He wasn't a center. Winger. It'll come to me. Maybe it won't. Maybe it will. Who knows? All right. Well, obviously, hold on, hold think of it. we got. Oh. We got. We go to the roster. We go to the roster. Boston Bruins roster. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know anyone else. I'll like, see it right away. Anything? Apologies to our listeners for the bad radio. Not Rich Peverly, but that's a good name. Nathan Horton? Yeah. Forgot about Horton. Adam McQuaid? Yeah, I think it was Horton I was thinking of. I think Horton was a righty, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah, that had to be him. Dang. Pittsburgh's down 3 nothing right now to Tampa Bay. I love this. Yeah, the, 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 pink, the Flyers literally broke Penguins fans. <laughs> if, if you went on the post-game tweet pictures that the Penguins posted... Literally, you have Penguins fans. They want blood. They 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 are like how we were last year and two years ago. Huh. They are not happy in Yinzerland right now with the Penguins. It's right. it's, it's such a shame. Yeah. You know, I feel I feel so bad for them. Oh. Let me play them a tune from the world's smallest violin. Yes, we're gonna have the world's smallest violin play the saddest, saddest song for yeah. our. Fellow 
Pennsylvanians out in the Yinsburg scumbags. Anywho, no offense to any Pittsburgh listeners who might be listening to this podcast. Yeah. Um, you you are, from what uh, my experience in the city of Pittsburgh, you're a great people. Just when it comes to your sports team, especially your hockey team, kind of idiots. But they do have five Stanley Cups. So we're not going to discuss that any further. No, we don't care. Anyway, <laughs> um, Pittsburgh is a nice city, though, not to get too much off track. But Again, like I said, it feels like it's just a bigger country hawking to me. I've been there. I don't get, like, city vibes from it. I get, like... Oh, this is a nice supper with big buildings. Yeah, you know every city's different. Um, but it's nice. Yeah, um, but Southern any, Tier Brewing is has a location in Pittsburgh. Phenomenal. Love their beers. There you go. One good name. One good thing about Pittsburgh. Every podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it might be out on a pretty because Permani Brothers, overrated. Not that good. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed by mine. I tried it for the first time, and I was like. I thought this would be better. After getting all the, I remember the first time seeing them on Man. Remember Man versus Food? Yeah, great show. I remember the first time seeing Man versus Food with Adam Richmond, and I was like, I need to try that sandwich. Yeah. And then no, just not not that good. Well, they well they voted um Denick's roast pork the best sandwich in the country on that show. So that's that's bold. I don't I mean I agree with it. I love. I mean, Denick's is. Phenomenal. Yeah. I got to give a shout out quick here. No free ads, but also all free ad because their food was really good. Um, I tried circles and squares in Fishtown over the weekend. Mm. Um, a little tight, like a hole in the wall type joint um, down in the city. I went down there to watch the Eagles game. Um, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Eagles. No, game. no, we're not going to address that at all. Um, great cheese steak and great pizza. So um, shout out to circles and squares. And, Did you, you make know. the Philly taco? No, so they make like uh, Detroit style pizza. Oh, um, nice. so it was delicious. I got a I got a white pie, and then I got um, a little bit. I don't know if I don't wouldn't call it um, unorthodox, different, but different in a good way. Different in a best in the best way possible too. The cheesesteak was Cooper Sharp cheese with Ooh, I got a plus move. So and the seeded roll. Oh, um, a Delco Steaks does their cheesesteaks on seeded rolls, and I am very much pro a seeded roll cheesesteak guy now. Yeah, and Cooper uh, Sharp is just that's the best cheese to have on cheesesteak. I might have to go quick. All right, quick ranking here. Well, I'll just give my tie. I think I have a tie for first for my favorite cheesesteak, but Joe's in Fishtown. Um, yes, Joe's is, is phenomenal. Is my number one. And then I think I have to put circles and squares right behind it. Or we will. They're diff. I will say again, they're different cheesesteaks though. Because if I go to Joe's, I'm a whiz wit guy. Joe's doesn't have seeded rolls, but their rolls are like you know. Again, we're a cheesesteak podcast now, but <laughs> their rolls have like just the right amount of pull and just the right amount of chew. Mm. But it's not like you know, you're not it, like it has the intangibles. Yeah, exactly. And I think the roll on a cheesesteak is, you know, crucial it to is. the integrity of the sandwich. It's, like you can't it's have how, a bad... how does the roll hold up to the meat and cheese? Yeah, I mean, it's the same that thing. Because that is your vessel to consume the cheesesteak is the bread. It's very yeah. important. 
It's the same thing with a hoagie where, you know, if you have a hoagie yes. and you take one bite out of it and it either, you know, falls apart or all the meat just like squeaks out or slides out of the roll, you know. <sighs> Disappointing. Give the, the big red X like they do on America's Got Talent. <laughs> it's a no from me, Simon yes. Cal. Um, uh, for me with cheese sticks, man, honestly, my I've always been a big proponent that Delisandros has the best cheese sticks in the city. And I've always been a big Delisandros guy, but I'm not gonna lie. The last time I got a cheese stick from Delisandros, it was not good. I did I will preface it with this. I did change up my normal order. Normally I'm a Cooper Sharp or American without. Yeah. But this time I was feeling a little a little dangerous. With decided to go with sharp provolone. Ooh. And I'm thinking I wasn't the biggest fan. I used to like sharp provolone on a cheesesteak, but then I tried it. And just something about D'Alessandro's also Brenna and Jake and Kelsey were here with us, and they all kind of agreed with us. Maybe it was an off night for D'Alessandro's. But um I think sart provolone is a better suited cheese for uh roast pork. pork. Yes, I will completely like- agree. So I think the error was made on my behalf personally. Yes. Yeah. But I'm a big Delisandros guy if you're in the city. If you're outside the city, Delco steaks. Um again, because they have the seated roll. And they um actually two spots outside the city. You have Delco steaks because you get the seated roll and it's just a fat cheesesteak. It's P H A T. The other place is in Bluebell called Pudges. And you also you want a fat cheesesteak and F A T cheesesteak. They call it pudges for a reason. You're getting like almost a foot long cheesesteak, and it's literally like it it's it's a gargantuan sandwich. It's, it's, a, gir- it's, an it's a girthy boy. It it is a girthy cheesesteak. <laughs> and we are using some colorful language to explain this cheesesteak that could be a little NS NSFW, so we'll have to pop the warning there. But yeah, uh no, that's fine. Gir- girth isn't girth is just perceived as a dirty word. Kind of like moist. Well, yeah. I know, I know, millions of people—not millions, but a couple people—just cringed when they listened to this podcast because I said the word "moist," and I'll say. I mean, it again. if you're, you know, obviously, you know, if your mind's in the gutter and someone's like, "Oh, that's girthy," you know, girth <laughs> is just the like the roundness or the thickness of something. Yes. Like you could say, you know, like I saw—I think I was watching a TikTok the other day—and like it was a video of a sturgeon, like this big ass sturgeon fish. That's a girthy fish. Exactly. Like. Yeah. It's just a, you know, it's a large and it's a round fish. And it's like, we're talking about like, you know, how do you describe a good brownie? You, you know, you want a moist brownie. Yeah. This is a conversation I've had with some family members. You don't want, you know, what's another word, a synonym for moist? Dank? You don't want a dank brownie <laughs> or a damp brownie. No, you want a nice moist brownie or a moist piece of cake. Yeah. We are getting way off topic, but Pudges in Bluebell, PA. No free ads unless any of these places that we just name dropped want to sponsor the podcast. By all means, I'll come eat your cheesesteaks anytime. And Mastro, it sounds like we're going to take a trip for, of course, professional reasons to this new place in Fishtown. Oh, yeah. For a game. It's a, it's a hidden gem. Because um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to experience this for myself. So Okay. We'll get there. But, but now, now we can end the five-minute major cheesesteak segment of this week's podcast. Around the cheesesteak league. Around the cheesesteak league, yes. We can get back to <laughs> hockey. There we go. Um, with that with that being said, Dave, obviously I know we talked earlier. You had kind of a uh, fun topic of discussion tonight. 
um, regarding just the Flyers. We'll talk about this, obviously, for a little bit. And then I just have a couple quick things around the league. Nothing huge. Um, again, you know, the NHL app is a piece of garbage. Sorry, NHL. But, you know, we, you you messed with something that didn't need to be fixed. Um, but anyway, Dave, I digress. And I will let you, um, you know, take the reins here and uh, present your topic of the Thank night. Thank you. It is something, it's been something that I've been thinking about more and more lately. Now, especially that we're getting, you know, we're almost a year and a half into John Torrella's tenure as head coach um, of the Philadelphia Flyers. And as of right now, the only player who is still wearing a captain's letter is Scott Lawton, being the, the lone assistant slash alternate captain on the squad. Um the Flyers have not had a captain since they traded away Claude Giroux to the Florida Panthers. All right, uh, not RIP Claude, but I miss you, oh captain, my captain. Um, they haven't had one since they got rid of G. Uh, they and then just Tortorella said, you know, when the time comes, we'll name one. And that time, strangely, still has not happened. I get why they were hesitant to put a letter back on Couturier's jersey after missing all of last year. Um, I just wonder, you know, there, there are a couple people who I would think on this team that have maybe stepped up, stepped up and earned the right to either be named captain or to be given an alternate slash assistant position in, in, in this role, Matt. And I kind of want to see where you stand on this personally, um, going back to last year and even the early parts of this season before I saw kind of Coots reemerge himself, I was very much aboard the hype train of Scott Lawton being the next captain of the Philadelphia Flyers. Not the flashiest nor the elitist uh, center slash winger, but he's a great middle six forward who's an excellent penalty, excellent penalty killer, great on defense, a big voice in the locker room, will drop the gloves, is a stand-up, excellent teammate. Now, I was very big on him being named the next captain of the Flyers. Um, but then the, the reemergence of Sean Couturier this year um, has given me some uh, put put some doubt and maybe put a, a change of pace, but maybe a change of heart in my mind. Um, being that Coots is kind of he's the longest tenured flyer currently on the roster, and he was previously an alternate captain for years. Um, this is the first time I believe since his second or third year in the league where he hasn't worn a letter. Um, so that's kind of a big deal. And I feel as though he's probably still a big, a big voice in the locker room. Now he definitely seems like more of a quieter guy and he'd be, he would probably be a similar captain to what Giroux was like and how Mike Richards was. Um, but you know, it, it's just something to, something to think about. You know, I, I'm perfectly fine with Lawton having an A or even being named the captain. And then you give a, a letter back to Sean Couturier. Um, but it's it's still just sitting weird to me that you know we're a year and a half into Torts Torts's reign here as the bench boss, and he hasn't found other players who have been quote worthy enough to have a letter on their jersey, um, and that's very very interesting to me because he's got a player like Cam Atkinson, who wore a letter for him in Columbus, um, but you've seen the rise of even a Travis Konechny, um. You know, Travis Sanheim, even maybe, you know, Nick Sealer, you mm. know, um, and I know people might go, really, Nick Sealer, really? I mean, the guy has been an excellent, you know, middle to bottom pairing defensive defenseman who mm. will chip in with some nice offensive plays here and there. 
drops the gloves. He's like a great team guy. Um, but maybe even, you know, Travis Sanheim would wear a letter on this defense potentially with how he's emerged this past year. But more so my point was to saying, you know, it's it's just I find it strangely odd. Like why haven't why hasn't Torch tried to grow hit that leadership core on the current team? Um and I don't know you know, I don't know what's going on with this scenario here and why it hasn't grown at all, because I feel like Coots having a letter, it, it, it's a gimme. It makes sense. He's well-respected. He's one of the best league's defensive forwards. He's been in the league a long time. He's been, he's played his entire career here. It just makes sense to see an A or even a C on his jersey. The fact there isn't one is just, it's, it's puzzling to me. Yeah, I mean, I think... You definitely make a lot of good points, and it is a little bit strange that there hasn't been a captain named, or there's only, you know, the only guy wearing any sort of letter is Lawton. Um, but maybe, you know, it can be as simple as a message as, um, you know, anyone can be a leader at any time, so to speak, especially on a team that's kind of trying to find their way again, like the Flyers. Um, you know, just seeing how different guys react to different situations. Um, how they react to, you know, roles they're put in, so to speak. Um, you, you know, you look at the example of Morgan Frost getting scratched um, as a health bomb for a few games, and it's like, you know, the best thing you can do in that situation is just be a good teammate um, and just, you know, be patient and, quote-unquote, wait your turn to get back on the back on the ice, and then when you do, you know, make the best of it. Um, so I think since the Flyers are made up of so many young players that, you know, a lot of these guys haven't gone through different types of situations yet, if that makes sense. Um, and, you know, they're going to, you know, there's going to be some adversity. There's going to be some, you know, rough stretches. You look at Farabee, was it a couple, was it the Penguins game on Saturday that he got benched? I believe so. Yeah. I think he only played two shifts the entire game total of like 56 seconds and was on the bench the rest of the game. But there was a clip, I think someone tweeted on YouTube that, you know, or not YouTube on Twitter um, or X, whatever you want to call it. It's um, Twitter. Yeah. But um, of him, you know, being the doorman, so to speak, you know, getting players on and off the ice, letting them in, you know, in and out of the bench. Um, so stuff like that, where it's like, again, you know, no one is safe, I guess, is the like for lack of better terms, from the you know from torts and you know i think it's not you know it's it's punishment but it's also learning a lesson where you know these a lot of these players are young like i said they've only been around for you know two three or even less than that years um and you know they haven't seen much yet so to speak um compared to you know a vet um and I think, you know, Lawton is definitely a guy that could be a captain. Same thing with Coots, same thing with Atkinson. Um, both both Coots and Lawton were captains in their junior days. Yeah. Um, so I, they I think that. Lawton captained Canada the World Juniors as well. Um, but they have that experience, so to speak, and they know what it takes to be a leader like that. Um, but I, it's just tough. I mean – and it also makes you think, too, and this is just, you know, spitballing here, but this roster is obviously, you know, evolving. And That's also very true. 
it may not, you know, it may not be the same. You know, you don't want to name a guy ta- captain, and then next thing you know, he's you know traded. In yeah. March. Um, so I think that's again, you know, it's it's a strange instance, but it's something again speaking to the bigger picture of things where you don't know who's going to be here, you know, down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, again, once they get into a better spot, so to speak, you know, I think they probably won't name anyone at all this entire season. I don't know if I think Torts might have said that already. Yeah, uh, I, think, I don't think they're going to. But It's just weird to me that at least to cost out two more assistant captains. Yeah, that's true. Um, but again, I think, you know, it just shows where any, anyone can be a leader on this team, regardless of if you're, you know, a rookie or, you know, if you're a vet. And I think that's the best where, you know, you lead by, is it lead by committee? Something like that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everyone has a role on the team, no matter how big or how small. And, you know, shows, you see, you see the vibes in the locker room too, where, you know, any one of those guys could you know, sit everyone down and be like, listen, we got to wake the hell up or, you know, be like, hell yeah, boys, like way to rally there or something like that. Um, that can come from any one of those players. And you see it too, when they give away the chain and the dog mask, mm-hmm. you know, it might not necessarily be a guy who has a hat trick that game. It's just, you know, a guy that makes those subtle, correct plays, you know, along the boards or, you know, in the neutral zone or anything like that, where they might not have gotten on the score sheet, but they, you know, they play a, a sound game that night and their their teammates recognize them for it. So I think there's a lot of things that factor, you know, I and I see both sides too, where again, it is weird, but also again, we don't know how things are going to evolve and how things may change down, down the road here. You don't want to name a captain, you know, and then, oh, he's, you know, we traded him for a first round pick. Yeah, um, yeah no, definitely so. want to do that. I think until there's more of like a surefire roster and we kind of know, you know, what we're going to take into battle for, you know, a Stanley Cup again, I don't know. We might not see a captain, you know, until sometime next season. So, but, you know, it's a valid argument. It's a good discussion. Gets the creative juices flowing. Um, And again, you know, I see both sides where it is weird. You know, we, we grew up, you know, obviously once, Ever since we've been watching the Flyers, they've had a captain. Whether and they've had an, an elite-level captain. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, Giroux, Mike Richards, Chris Pronger, uh, Jason Smith. <laughs> like, you know, Mike Richards. I think I – did I say Mike Richards? I might say. Yeah, Mike Richards, Eric Desjardins, Eric Lindros. Yeah. I mean, like Bobby Clark, you know. You can, uh, hey, boy. A, there's a there's hey, another boy. discussion. How many Flyers captains could you name? Um, oh, I think I might be. Uh, was it Mel Bridgman the first one? Maybe. Uh, but definitely Bobby Clark, Dave Pullen, uh, and Imp. Maybe Dave Pullen. Um, I feel like one of the Sutter brothers was captain. Uh, Rick Tockett. And then, of course, I said Biggie, but Rick Tocca, oh, Biggie. Uh, we're both. Peter, Peter Forsberg. It was Lou Angotti. Lou, okay. All right. Do you have the list <laughs> of the captains? Uh, here we go. Ranking all Flyers captains. Number 17, Lou Angotti. Darian Hatcher. 
That's right. Hatcher was the captain for a little bit, for like after two for, years or one for year. four months. For four months. I think after they traded away Forsberg. <laughs> yeah, Peter Forsberg, Kevin Deneen, Ron Sutter, Mike Richards, Rick Tockett, Lindros, Desjardin, Jason Smith, Pronger, Bill Barber was the captain mm. at one point, um, Mel Bridgman, Ed Van Imp, uh, Keith Primo. Yes. Dave Poulin and Bobby Clark. This is an older one because they missed a couple of uh, team captains. Here we go. Yeah, Claude Giroux. Eight prospects. Claude Giroux, Mike Richards. Uh, yeah, I think they've only had 17 captains in their season. Yeah, not, not a whole lot. Tenure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know. You look at the characteristics that those guys have. Obviously, everyone's been different in a way, but they all have those similar, you know, you have to have leadership qualities if you're the team captain. Um, but I think, again, only it's kind of a cop-out answer, but I think it's the best one. Only time will tell at this point, you know. Who you know what that list of players team. had? What's up? You know what that list of players had? What? They had balls. True. So. It all comes back to torts. All comes back to again. torts. Torch just needs to, you know, who's got the most balls on the team? <laughs> the biggest cojones. Exactly. Um, but no, I think, you know, again, it's one of those things where it's a multifaceted topic where, again, you know, this roster could change multiple times over, you know, this current season, next season, the season after that, you know, who knows? Um, but I think, you know, the most important thing right now is just to build the culture back for yes. the players and in the locker room. And, you know, we've seen that. So, you know, that's the most important thing right now is to rebuild the not only rebuild the roster, so to speak, but rebuild the culture within the organization, whether it's, you know, the front office, the like the, the locker room. I think I, I saw something today, too, where um, it's a. Uh, Brad, is it Bradshaw? Yeah, the assistant coach, the special teams coach. Um, he is like, you know, the Flyers penalty kill is good. The power play, though, is not. Yeah. Um, I saw some sort of like analytics heat map today um, about the power play or the penalty kill of this season compared to like the last two or three. And it's like night and day, which is awesome. Um, but. You know, like you said, there's there's a lot of things, I think, that are still moving around, even though they might not be moving around right now for the Flyers. Um, but, you know, we're in a rebuild here. So there's going to be some ebbs and flows. Indeed, indeed. Thank, so. thank you for enlightening me slash uh, entertaining me on on that topic of, of discussion. Oh, yeah, no problem. Um Dave, I think with that, though, that wraps up our Flyers coverage for this week. Um, yes. And so we don't get too long in the tooth here to our listeners. Um, we'll start to wrap things up here. We just have a couple of options, not options, topics uh, for the for our Around the League segment. I think um, I know the biggest one you're going to discuss briefly. Maybe. I don't even I know. could be wrong, though. I don't even know if I know it. Patrick Kane. So oh. with Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, that's one a good year, one. 2.75 mil. Yep. 
Um, Will he be making his debut tonight or tomorrow evening? I think it's tomorrow. I think tomorrow sounds correct. December 7th. Kane to debut for the Red Wings against the Sharks tomorrow. He'll play his first game since May after having hip resurfacing surgery. Something only four other players in National Hockey League history have done. And uh, not great results after having that hip resurfacing surgery done. Uh, Both Carl Hagelin and Ryan Kessler had done. Never played ever again in the National Hockey League. And then Ed Ed Jovanovsky and Nicholas Backstrom played about 40 games each, respectively, and then called it quits. But Kane yeah. did – I heard this on Chicklets today from my source. Kane did go to the same doctor for this surgery that a very big tennis star did, and that tennis star has resumed his career and is doing quite well. So who yeah. knows? Uh, it's interesting, though, because tennis obviously you know takes different – Different than hockey, physical, but it's still an ability. aggressive sport on the body with how they're moving and swinging Obviously, the racket. Any, any sort of professional sport, you know, takes its toll. So yes. whether it's, you know, tennis, hockey, pickleball, anything like that, you know. It takes, professional pickleball, yes. Hmm. Yes. I got to get into pickleball. Um, eh. Anyway. Not my cup of tea. <laughs> it's the, the, I think it's the fastest growing sport in the nation. Yeah. I have thoughts about that, but I'm not going to say them on the podcast. <laughs> get us canceled. Anyway, Patrick Kane. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of hip surgery and getting off topic for another, you know, five minutes here. Um, you know, like you said, he's going to be playing his first game since May um, after having that surgery. The Red Wings have currently won six of seven and are third in the Atlantic Division. And they might home. make the playoffs this year. They're on a roll. The Red Wings? The Red Wings, yeah. Yeah, Detroit's back. Um, the 35 rule four will play his first game since Game 7 of the 2023 Eastern Conference first round for the New York Rangers, obviously, again, back on May 1st. Uh, he had hip resurfacing surgery on June 1st and signed a one-year $2.75 million deal with the contract, or with the Red Wings, with the contract, with the Red Wings back on November 28th. Um, and then, let's see... Just like you said, Dave, Capital Center Nick Backstrom had the same procedure on his left hip in June of 2022. He returned January 8th of last season, about six and a half months removed from surgery, but announced on November 1st that he was taking time away from the game because of, quote, his ongoing injury situation. So, again, I'm sure fans are weary, and him, Kane himself is weary about coming back to the NHL after this type of surgery. Um Kane's eight-year contract he signed with his former team, obviously now the Chicago Blackhawks, former, former team, Chicago Blackhawks, on July 9th, 2014, expired after last season once he finished with the Rangers after he was acquired in a three-team trade that also involved the Arizona Coyotes on February 28th. Uh, He had 12 points in 19 games with the Rangers and 45 points in 54 games with Chicago. So Patrick Kane will be donning a different type of red, um, the Red Wings. Spoked wheel red this Detroit, time. Yeah, winged wheel red. Yes. Um, I would say spoked wheel would be the The Bruins. Bruins. Yeah, winged wheel is accurate, and I apologize mm-hmm. to any Detroit and Bruins fans. I might have offended there, but I also, frankly, don't care. 
Kane will also be reunited with his former teammate Alex to break it. Huge. Um, they played together for five seasons with the Blackhawks from 2017 to 2022. So he'll have a familiar face on the team. He'll also play with former flyer Shane Gossespierre as well. So, you know, he'll have a couple of familiar faces to us and to himself. Well, yes. You know, so, but yeah, um, something to look out for. Hopefully, you know, you know, you want a guy to be able to come back from an injury, especially if it's like a very, I guess you could say worrisome surgery. Um, yeah. And you want, you know, obviously Kane's going to be a Hall of Famer, so you want him to kind of be able to finish out his career. On um, his terms. Yeah, on his own terms. But sadly, that's not always how it happens. No, no, it's not. So it's the nature of the beast sometimes. But it's, 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 I think it's a nice, solid move for Detroit. Um, I think Buffalo fans might be a little disappointing because I, I know Sabres fans were hoping that he would sign with his hometown team and come play for Buffalo. Um, but Detroit, I think, is in a better off spot than uh, Buffalo is. And I think Kane definitely wanted to go somewhere where he thinks, you know, they might be in a spot to win. Um, so I'm going to go there. And, you know, having to break it there is definitely a huge bit, but he's also going to, besides to break it and ghost, you know, he's he's going to walk into a team that's got Dylan Larkin um, and Lucas Raymond. I mean, they got some solid pieces with the Red Wings. So I think it'll, it'll be a good fit. It is going to be weird seeing him in a, in a Detroit Red Wings uniform because for years they were the arch nemesis of the Blackhawks. Yeah. And it's still weird to me that they're not in the same division anymore, mm-hmm. nor in the same conference. I feel like the NHL needs to fix that somehow. Yeah. But uh, that, that'd be like seeing Claude Giroux wearing a Penguins jersey one day. I would just be like, oh, damn. Oh, Wayne Simmons. Yeah, yeah. Simmons was on the Devils. He was. And uh, also a terrible image. I miss you, Summer. He's a free agent right now. Sign. I don't think so, I don't think he's officially retired, but me, I know he wasn't very good. Give me a victory lap with Giroux and Simmons, and the Flyers are going to win the call. I mean, yeah, that would be cool. Probably bring, won't happen, but bring him home. We can dream. Uh, but the only other topic of discussion I had tonight for around the league, Dave, I am waiting for. Well, this isn't it, but I just saw an ad. But I'm waiting for the Flyers to, and I guess the Devils, the Islanders, and the Rangers. Actually, we have a jersey watch quick. The Rangers released the third jersey. They look terrible. They're awesome. Um, Someone, you know, was just like, hey, let's make, you know, let's get a plain navy blue practice jersey, slap the Rangers shield on it, and then put some squiggly lines on the sleeves and the waist. A whole bunch of small stripes on the sleeves. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Two thumbs way, way down. Not good at all. So, quick jersey watch there. But as I was going to say, I'm waiting. Um, we're on a jersey watch watch for the Flyers to hopefully, again, like we said, if it was the smart move by the NHL to have them release these jerseys you now because it's the holiday season. Um, but obviously, you know, the Flyers Stadium Series jerseys when they play the Jersey, the New Jersey Devils in MetLife uh, in February. And then obviously you have the next state, the next day's game with the Rangers and the Islanders as well. I don't know. I guess the Rangers, are they going to wear those jerseys in the outdoor? No, I don't think so. Why would you like, why would you announce jerseys that like that? And then I, you know, whatever. Um, it's not my money. I'm not going to spend I mean, money. I'm pretty sure 
whatever team is wearing jerseys now is the same jersey they're gonna be wearing next year, just with the Fanatics logo on the back and not an Adidas logo. Yeah. So this could be their new jersey going a full wood. Oh, for an alternate Rangers jersey, gross. Yeah, no, ew. No. No. If anything, you got to go back to like the Marek Malik days with the Liberty. Yeah, those were lit. Those are like the reverse retros, kind of. Um, those are nice. But anyway, Jersey Watch, watch for the Flyers Stadium Series jerseys. Um, the last thing, like I said, I was going to talk about is uh, the NHL is finalizing, according to NHL.com, the NHL is finalizing details to hold a, quote, dramatic 2024 NHL draft in the Vegas sphere. Yes. Um, the sphere is crazy. Um, if you don't know what the sphere is, Google it. It is literally a giant sphere in the heart of the Las Vegas Strip, um, inside and out. It is a you know, um, a visual masterpiece. Um, they do you know, they have stuff that goes on you know, on the whole thing outside as well as it going on inside. U uh, two was the first musical act to. I think they were the first event ever in the sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was like a couple of months ago. Um, when it opened up. Yeah, but it looks wild in there. Um, I would definitely love to go there sometime. You know, if I ever make it to Vegas, two things that I would love to do. I'm not a big gambler, so I would probably just want to go to a Knights game in Las Vegas and then go to the sphere for something. Um, but anyway, um Back to the article, like I was saying, the NHL is finalizing details to hold the 2024 NHL draft at, it's called at Sphere, I guess it's just called Sphere, um, Sphere. in Las Vegas on June 28th and 29th, uh, Commissioner Gary Bettman announced on Tuesday, yesterday, um, he said there's still contracts that need to be signed, but the NHL is in a good place to get it done. He also said again, quote, I think it'll be pretty dramatic, so hell yeah, um, the NHL, props to the NHL being the first big four league in Las Vegas, first of all. And they'll also be the first sports entity to hold an event at the Sphere. Um, it's an 18,600-seat globe-like arena that has become renowned for its immersive video and audio technology, including a 16K Resolution, wraparound, interior LED screen, and outdoor LED displays. So, um, you know, if you Google it, you'll see some cool stuff. Um, So, um, what else? Oh, this is interesting. This will likely be the last NHL draft to feature representatives from all 32 teams on the draft floor. Starting Mm -hmm. in 2025, the draft will be decentralized with most team brass staying in their home markets so they can have access to their personnel in real time and teams can hold fan events. Say goodbye to trades at the draft. Yeah. Um, the It'll band, very much be like how the NFL draft is, where it's just sort of the players there. Yeah. Which um, I, I don't agree with, personally. Yeah, it seems kind of stupid. Yeah. Even with the draft being centralized, they can still have fan events. You still You see it all the time. All the time. Yeah, like, uh, I don't know. It is what it is. But um, anyway, like I said, the band U2 opened the venue back on September 29th. And, you know, 
this is going to be a very cool and a very unique place to hold uh, the last of the centralized NHL drafts. Go, going out with a bang, I guess. You know? Yeah. I'm all for it. Sounds like a great idea. Their only choice for the slogan of the NHL draft for 2024 comes from one named Josh Peck from Drake and Josh. And you know what that line is, Dave? I do not. It's spherical. It's spherical. There you go. From the game sphere. Yes. Shout out Drake and Josh. So they need to make shirts. If they can make shirts that say, we got balls, the NHL, <laughs> I know it's just the Flyers, but the NHL can make shirts for the draft, and they can say, it's spherical. Because I would buy one of those in a heartbeat, and then I would ask for royalties as well, because I was probably the first person to say that. So Indeed, indeed. You had to be. Stamp, stamp the intellectual property on that one. Yes. Um, but, Dave... You know, we've gone from cheesesteaks to what? To the sphere to uh, what else? We've Captain gone, C. We, we, we've done a whole show. Around the league, around cheesesteaks, around the flyers. We've gone around a lot of things tonight. Oh, talking about girth and moist. Yes. You know, all that type of stuff. So it's been a plethora of topics tonight. Not just hockey, but, you know life they're they're getting the full five minute major you know experience exactly we're we're people too you know we're not just you know hockey robots that talk about sports so um but with that i will take my bow for the week and hand the microphone over to you the metaphorical microphone obviously we both have microphones that we use to record this podcast but i'll hand over the metaphorical microphone to you um so you can wrap things up for us and take us home Yes, thank you, thank you. So this is my usual weekly plug for our excellent affiliates over in the Pod Street Bullies. If you like what we do, you will definitely like what they do. Uh, the, the the gang over the Pod Street Bullies in John, Matt, Matt, and Derek, uh, they are pumping out excellent weekly content, discussing the flyers, um, diving into games, discussing around hot topic items around the National Hockey League, but more so honing more on more in on the flyers, but they probably have excellent content, like I just said, weekly. So if you like what we do, if you like what they do, check them out. You find them at the Pod Street Boys. They're on multiple, multiple platforms, all your favorite podcast receptacles, as John would say. With that, everyone, uh, we do want to wish every all of our listeners of the Jewish faith a safe and happy Hanukkah as the fir- and happy Hanukkah to you as well, sir. Thank you very much. Since happy Hanukkah the- to your wife. Yes, I will pass the message along. The first evening of Hanukkah starts tomorrow evening, December 7th. So the festival, it's the Festival of Lights? Eight Crazy Nights. Yes, it is. Adam Taylor, there we go. Festival of Lights. There we go. So the first night is tomorrow evening, so be heading over to my lovely in-law's house for some latkes and presents tomorrow evening. I'm very hype. Big latka guy over here. Cheesecakes and latkes. There you go. Um, I life. But, yeah, so everyone, a very happy Hanukkah. We will be back next week after Mash and I figure out the podcast schedule. Because like I alluded to um, when we were discussing there, I do have my company holiday party next Wednesday evening. So we will figure that out from there. But, everyone, good night, good hockey, and let's go Flyers.